Welcome back, beloved. Today, we're going to be answering this question, did Jacob wrestle with Jesus? Now, Jacob was obviously born about 1,800 years before Jesus was born. He also died about 1,800 years before Jesus was born. So, this is an important question. Before we answer it, I want to just lay some backstory, some really important concepts of the Bible. Um, Exodus chapter 33, God is speaking with Moses, and he says, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And so the law of God, the word of God, does not contradict itself. God clearly tells mankind, You cannot see me and live. John talks about this in the Gospel of John. It says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Okay, and you get into these mysteries of the Trinity. And one of these mysteries is that it's not that the Father is the Son, it's that Jesus is God, he is the Lord of the universe. And so you start to understand that he comes from all eternity. He is the eternally existent Son of God. Now, what you'll find is that all throughout the Old Testament, there's all these encounters between human beings and God. And so you begin to realize that they're always interacting when they can see him with the Son of God who declares him. Jesus reveals to us what God is. It veil, He veils the glory of God within his flesh. Um, but before he was born... He had several interactions with the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, other people as well. And so I want to go through that just to give you an example of one. In Exodus chapter 3, uh, Moses is going up on the mountain of God. And it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. Okay, this is the burning bush. So the angel of the Lord's in the bush. And every time you see the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament... That's a pre-incarnate appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I'm going to turn aside. I'm going to see this great sight. Why is the bush not burning? So this is key. So it was the angel of the Lord in the bush, right? But now it says, so when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush. So you see the angel of the Lord, you see the Lord, you see God all in the bush, right? And so it's it, the Trinity, you can never fully comprehend it, but you can apprehend what God is telling us. It's that the angel of the Lord, the Lord is God, okay? And so he called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, and Moses said, here I am, right? So that's just one example there. And just to lay some content, we're going to get into Genesis 32 now and this story about Jacob. Jacob lived about 1,800 years before Jesus is born. Genesis records his life events, and that's written roughly 1,500 B.C. Hosea is a prophet that talks about Jacob a little bit. And I'm going to bring up some verses from him. That was written about 750 B.C., right? And once again, just remember, I made a video. Abraham had an encounter with Jesus, right? He ate a meal with Yahweh underneath a tree, okay? Isaac going up on the mountain. Isaac as a type of Christ is a movie I made uh, where Isaac, you can see there's many similarities. Isaac takes the wood to be used in his own sacrifice, 
just like Jesus took the wood for his own cross where he sacrificed himself. So Isaac was a type of Christ, and now Jacob. And these are the three patriarchs from which Israel comes, right? So these three men are very important. All of them, there are these foreshadowings of Jesus. And so now we're going to get into it with that backstory laid uh, Genesis chapter 32. I'm going to read the whole account, and then we're going to go back and, and break into some really, really important stuff. And so it says, and he arose that night, this is Jacob, he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Okay, so he's, he's traveling to meet his brother Esau, who is very mad at him. They haven't spoken in a while. Okay. Then Jacob was left alone. So he's alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. So it says a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, against Jacob, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he has some sort of understanding that this is a divine being. Maybe this is the Lord. Maybe he doesn't fully know at this point, but he is holding on to this man. This is a strange encounter, but it's in the Bible. <laughs> uh, and he will not let him go unless he blesses him. So he said to him, what is your name? And Jacob responds, it's Jacob. It then goes on to say, and he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men. That's huge. That's huge. He's saying you've struggled with God and with men. He had just struggled and wrestled with him all night, right? And have prevailed. Then Jacob asked saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? Question mark. And he blessed him there. So that is huge. We're going to come back to that tell me your name part. That's very important how he would not tell him his name. But first, we're going to just keep moving on. We're going to come back to that. But then Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. And he says, for I have seen God, God face to face, and my life is preserved. So clearly, Jacob realizes that after wrestling with this man all night, he had seen God. Scripture is so clear on this, it's startling. Jose brings this to light a little bit more. 750 years later, he says, uh, the Lord brings a charge against Judah. That's the northern kingdom, okay, of the tribe of Judah, and will punish Jacob. In this case, that just means Israel. Jacob was obviously already dead at this point. According to his ways, according to his deeds, he will recompense him. But then it starts to talk about the actual person of Jacob. It says, he took his brother by the heel in the womb, and in his strength, he struggled with God. Remember, he struggled with a man all day. In his strength, he struggled with God. Yes, he struggled with the angel, just like the burning bush. He struggled with God. He struggled with the angel. He struggled with a man. They're all one, right? He struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spoke to us. Remember, he sought favor from him. He wanted a blessing from him. And then it says, that is the Lord God of hosts. The Lord is his memorial name. Remember, that name, he asks him his name. This is very key. 
So you, by the help of your God, return. Observe mercy and justice and wait on your God continually. Jose is saying, your God is the one that wrestled with Jacob, okay? But going back to the name of the Lord, remember, Jacob asked him, what is your name? He will not tell him. I want to talk about the name of the Lord quite a bit, okay? In Exodus 3.14, Moses asked the name of the Lord to tell the Hebrews. And he says, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you. He just is. I am. He is the eternal one. Exodus 3.15. Moreover, God said to, to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Jesus says in John 8, 58, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. He's claiming to be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So when Jacob says, tell me your name, I pray, and he said, why is it that you ask about my name? question mark. That is super important. And I want to get into this now. There's one other encounter with the angel of the Lord, with the Lord in the book of Judges. Okay. Also written, I think 1200 years BC or something like that, just over a thousand years BC. And Manoah talks to the angel of the Lord and he asks him the same question. He says, what is your name that when your words come to pass, we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name? He responded the same way to Manoah as he did to Jacob. And he says, why are you asking my name? Seeing it is wonderful, question mark. It is amazing. It is not going to be revealed right now, okay? And so this is so amazing to me is that the Old Testament asks all these questions. And Jesus, his gospels and the New Testament answer them. Okay, so what is the name of the Lord? And, and why do you ask? For it is wonderful, right? Proverbs, uh, written by King Solomon, says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Jeremiah is prophesying about the name of the Lord. It's talking about the Messiah coming. It says in his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now, this is his name by which he will be called his name. The Lord our righteousness. So it's not an exact name, but it's the Lord. He is our righteousness. We don't have any righteousness of our own. This coming Messiah that Jeremiah is talking about, his name is the Lord, our righteousness. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, this is a big deal. God is revealing the name of his son, the name of the Lord of the universe. And he says, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord is so, so important. So I wanted to spend a few minutes on it. I'm bringing up just the name of the Lord on Bible Hub. And literally the name Jesus means Yahweh, the Lord, is salvation. Okay, God is salvation. All right. Another name for Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, he is the divine Messiah. Okay, Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, he is the eternal pre-incarnate word of God. Okay, and so that name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. I've been speaking to many, many people lately that seem to believe in God and they will talk about God. But when you ask them, who is your God? 
they do not really begin to speak about Jesus. And some of them, once you talk to them for a couple more minutes, you're like, oh, okay, it is Jesus. And how well we can articulate our faith has nothing to do with our salvation. Our salvation has nothing to do with works. But I'm here to just encourage you today that unfortunately the Bible says that, you know, the Bible does not say that belief in God saves you. No, it's belief in Jesus Christ. You must believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Okay. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. His name. Okay. It's not Allah. It's not Buddha. There's no salvation uh, for those who believe in Krishna or who follow Pope Francis. Okay. The name of the Lord Jesus, that is where salvation is. Okay. And so we want to be very, very specific. It's Jesus who saved me. Now, Jesus is God. Okay. But many, many false gods and false religions claim their own God. I'm saying Jesus Christ, the Messiah, he's who saved me. He is my God. He is my Lord. We want to be very specific about that. Hebrews chapter one, I'm just going to go into this. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers. Listen, God spoke through the prophets. God spoke through a burning bush. God spoke in all these different ways through the angel of the Lord, right? You're, I'm telling you right now about some of these various ways God spoke. Okay, but then it says, uh, by the prophets, but has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Okay. That is so key. He has spoken by his son, Jesus, who he has appointed heir of all things, the King. Okay. Through whom also he made the world who being, this is so key. Jesus being the brightness of his glory, the brightness of God's glory and the express image. Okay of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself, Jesus alone purged our sins. Okay. Jesus alone is the one who took our sins on the cross. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And so you see, God has spoken to us in many ways in times past. We're going over them now. Jacob clearly wrestled with Jesus, the son of God, right? A pre-incarnate appearance. But now the gospel's been, I mean, this is thousands of years ago. So now the gospel's been recorded for us. All the prophecies, all the proofs of the Bible, God has spoken them through the prophets and they all led to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so something very important, John chapter eight, Jesus is speaking to the Jews and he says, uh, they said, you know, why can't we go where you're going? And he said to them, you're from beneath. I am from above. Jesus is saying, I'm God. I'm not from the earth. Okay. He says, you are of this world. I am not of this world. And this is why it's so key that you know your salvation is in Jesus and Jesus alone, or, or it's not salvation. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you see, that's so key. It's belief in Jesus. If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Then they said to him, who are you? Question mark. Guys, this is so key. And I'm not trying to go outside the word of God here and provide multiple different applications. But who are you? Question mark. They're asking Jesus. And Jesus said to them, just what I've been saying to you from the beginning. So the literal interpretation, yes, Jesus had been proclaiming and doing miracles and showing them that he is the Lord. 
But that's not the only way Jesus has been speaking to them from the beginning. They had the law. They had Genesis and Exodus. They had Hosea. They had the prophets. They had all these stories where if they had just opened up their eyes, they would have realized, wow, the Lord is coming. The Messiah is coming. He is going to be a person, just like he wrestled with Jacob, right? So just what I've been saying to you from the beginning, I would say, meditate on those words. God is clearly offering salvation through the Messiah. God is trying to, not trying in vain, God is showing himself through Christ to the world, right? And so just what I've been saying to you from the beginning, yes, Jesus from the beginning of his earthly ministry had been saying that, but he had already been saying that for thousands of years, okay? Finishing up the story, Genesis 32, back to the wrestling story with Jacob. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face and my life is preserved. So clear. Jacob says, I've seen God face to face. My life is preserved. Just what Jesus, the eternally existent son of God, was saying from the beginning that the Messiah is coming, that he's going to be a man, but he's also going to be God. Okay. So he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. And then really important, I just wanted to bring this up. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank. Remember, the angel of the Lord touched Jacob's hip and they wouldn't, so they don't eat that muscle, which is on the hip because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. Now, listen, to this day, if you're a very observant Jew, this is Chabad.org or Chabad.org. I'm not the best at pronouncing it. And I just highlighted a couple things in this article. It's why don't we eat the sciatic nerve? And it talks about this story. But I want you guys to open up your eyes. Unfortunately, they make the claim, it's nowhere in scripture, uh, that he's struggling with the angel of his brother Esau. Then they bring up the Zohar. That's like a text of some rabbi. It's not the word of God. He says that this whole thing, this is the rabbi here. Uh, I can't pronounce his name, but it's a famous rabbi. (laughs) This whole thing is symbolic of man's struggle with his darker side. Uh, You see, the, the Bible says they speak as of the world, The world hears them. The world understands them. It's only earthly wisdom. The Zohar teaches us that in every struggle, we are powerful. We are powerful and can overcome our evil urges if we so desire. Listen, that's not the gospel. That's not the, the whole point of Jacob struggling with God. There's a deeper meaning that they're just missing. And this is why Matthew says, chapter 13, the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, turn, repent, so that I should heal them. This verse is so important to understand how, after all that evidence I just showed you and all those stories and all that proof from the word of God, how could they not believe that Jesus is the Messiah or that Jacob wrestling with God really just has to do with us, you know, some sort of humanistic meaning. It has to do with your heart. It's not how smart you are. It's not how well-educated or well-read you are. It's literally your heart, okay? It's understanding the Bible is not a theological or a brain issue. It is a heart issue. Some of the simplest people on planet Earth understand the Bible so well because their hearts are soft and they're listening to God in obedience, right? They've repented, they've turned, they've gotten a new heart. But then in interpreting the Bible, it's all about the heart, okay? So did Jacob wrestle with Jesus? Question mark. 
Absolutely. It's so clear. He wrestled with God. No one has seen God. But just like the rest of the Bible, in order to receive this stuff, you've got you've to have the right heart. And that's the parable of the sower, where Jesus is saying, they spread the seed, but if your heart is hard, it just bounces off you. Okay, And so that's how we have to interpret the Bible. We have to have a soft heart. And so I hope this edified you. I hope this builds you guys up. Please check out my other videos. Have a great day.